Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga review episode. It is Majitog Pelswelt the First. My name is Adam, and today I'm going to give you my spoiler review of Dragons of Fate by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. This is a spoiler-free review, however, so I will not be spoiling the story. If you haven't started this or finished reading the novel yet, it's okay. You can still watch this video. You don't have to go anywhere. Come back. Come back. Alright, I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this YouTube channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below and remind you that you can always pick up Dragonlance Gaming materials using my affiliate links, also in the description below. Now, because this is a spoiler-free review, I'm not really going to be doing any, like, pre-recorded, pre-written anything. I'm just going to kind of riff a little bit with y'all. Again, now, I just finished... Hey, Skull Cowboy, how you doing, man? Good to see you. I just finished the audiobook of this earlier today. I listened to it all at two times the speed so I could have it done for today because today's release day and I wanted to make sure that uh, I gave y'all a little something something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thinking about you. That being said, there's not a whole lot I can talk about without actively spoiling it. So I am restricting this conversation to vague commenting and events that were in the previews. I'm not going to do anything outside of that. I'll talk in like broad brush strokes about uh, sort of the world and, and things like that. But I'm not going to get into any like nit and gritty details. That's going to be next week when I give you guys my spoiler review of this novel. Because there are some crazy things to talk about <laughs> that I'm not talking about today. But I really want to talk about. Like, really bad. So far, you like the book? Good. That's awesome. How far in are you? I'm curious. And anyone else joining uh, after, you know, this sort of is kicking off, whether it's live or, or uh, you know, you're watching this after the fact, let me know what you guys think about the book thus far or, you know, however far you want to. Just do your best not to put any spoilers in the comments of this particular video. Let's let people discover the spoilers on their own. Let's not ruin the book or anything like that for anyone. But, that being said, let's talk about it. <laughs> Alright, so my first of all, my overall... Chapter 19? Alright, you're pretty good into it. Uh, about a third there. My overall thoughts... Or halfway, actually, because I think there's... No, yeah, that's like 20, so that's like 40. I think there's like 40 chapters. Uh, my overall thoughts are... This is... Well, let me, let me, let me frame it like this. The first book... Dragons of Deceit, the first three quarters of that novel were all Destina Rosenthorn, Destina Rosethorn sort of figuring out how to travel through time because her father died in the High Claris Tower during the War of the Lance, and she wanted to get him back. And so she went in search of the Grey Gem of Garagoth and the device of time journeying that wrapped her up all in uh, the... Uh, Tasselhoff Burfoot's machinations and sort of insanity. And we left that book with them traveling forward in time with Sturmbrightblade and Raceland Majir and um, leaving behind one of the aesthetics, a brother Tarn or Cairn, I can't remember exactly. And because I did the audiobook, I don't actually see the, the written letters and I didn't bother to look it up because I'm lazy. So there you have it. Anyway, left behind one of the aesthetics who actually kind of had a thing for her in that book a little bit. And um, ostensibly we pick up 
with one of the previews I read of Dalimar with the pieces of the device of time journeying that was broken when they traveled and uh, him going to Justarius. So that's not a spoiler. That's in the excerpts that were released and everything. So the biggest complaint I think people had about that first novel, Dragons of Deceit, was that it was it dragged too much. It was too much about Destina Rose Thorne's uh, history. It wasn't about uh, enough about uh, you know what was actually going to transpire. So the last third of that book was like hardcore nostalgia drops. We got to see the companions at the end of the last home in Solace. We got to see uh, Tasselhoff Burfoot being a insane person it didn't even really feel like him at all it was like a a crazy cracked up version of of uh, Tasselhoff so the beginning of this novel without spoiling anything felt like a course correction and I think it's going to be seen in, in two ways this novel it's going to be seen as fan service or it's going to be seen as a course correction from the first and I think it's an amalgamation of both and a whole lot more. But one thing that I think people are going to really be bothered about is that some of my hypotheses were 100% correct. And it doesn't, it's not really spoiling anything. It's just it's telling you what it doesn't address. But I still want to sort of avoid that a little bit. So I'll say this. People were complaining... Uh, hey, John, thanks for tuning in, man. Soth did not kill anyone, unfortunately. Um, yet, maybe they're saving that for the third book. <laughs> it's in the mail. <laughs> Crack is whack. Just say no, kids, like Nancy Reagan. Um, so <laughs> now I'm just losing my place in my head where I was. So there's a lot of... There's a, a couple novels written about this time that they travel back to. Right, so this is the Age of Dreams, right before the Age of Might. I was corrected last time I said Age of Might, I was wrong. Um, right, you know, the Third Dragon War is like kicking off right when they travel back. That was at the very end of the last book. So the things that people were expecting was, well, this is Legend of Huma, the novel, and Kaz the Minotaur, the novel. This is like that time period, so we're going to meet all those great people. And even one of the excerpts, had Huma Dragonbane, which is not Huma Dragonbane, it's Huma Thagard, and it had Magir, uh, I'm sorry, Magius. And so we know that they're in it, so if you're expecting other characters or other um, events that were in Legend of Huma and Kaz the Minotaur, you will be highly disappointed. And I know that a lot of people came into Dragonlance through the Legend of Huma book, the novel. And that is their, like, best of all Dragonlance novels picks. Those people are going to probably be pissed. <laughs> because, again, like I've been saying for forever, this is Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's version of Huma Dragonbane story, or Huma Thelgard, Thagard, not Richard Knack's version. They are dramatically different. Like, completely different. They're not the same at all. They don't even really have anything in common except for the for some of the main characters. So again, if you're coming into this thinking, ooh, I'm going to see all my favorite characters and all my favorite villains from The Legend of Huma, wah, 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 you're disappointed it's not going to happen. They're not there. That being said, there are callbacks to other stories that 
fit into this sort of Weiss Hickman version of Huma timetable. So it's different than what you're going to have known as canon, and they completely change it to something that's their version of canon. And this is probably my biggest problem with Dragonlance when it comes to what canon is. First of all, all of us fans are just idiots. We expect there to be some sort of like consistency in canon with, with uh, this Dragonlance IP. Even in the face of it never having had any consistency, we still hold out hope. And then I make videos and people come in and complain and moan about my videos not being accurate to their version of what the lore is even after I'm citing my sources literally, so it's not like it's my opinion. That is just who Dragonlance fans are. We take the tiny little pieces that we hold near and dear, and we act like that's the only truth that there is to what Dragonlance is. And the reality of Dragonlance is that it's whomever is writing it, they create their own version of canon. And it's annoying as someone who makes videos trying to distill various sources because they're all completely different from each other and wrong and, and actually fight with each other. And so I sort of have to like throw my hands in the air at some points and say, okay, well, I'm just going to ignore that. And I'm going to have to focus on this because these are most uniform facts versus that one novel that just sort of does something weird. And looking back on Dragonlance, I've always been of the mind that Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman are the, the canon junkies. Whatever they say goes, right? Anyone who comes in after the fact and changes what they originally wrote, I'm like, well, that's not real canon. That's some other author just doing whatever the hell they want under the purview of TSR or Wizards of the Coast or whatever. But the truth is, is that Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman themselves even changed their own canon. And so we... We have no uniformity at all when it comes to Dragonlance. And that's why I never really understood people freaking out over Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition changing what is considered really Dragonlance core canon. Because it's never been consistent. Even amongst the same authors. Margaret Weiss herself came in with her Raceland Majir trilogy, or duology, and completely changed Raceland's background. It used to be his dad that got him into the... Uh, the school, and now it's, um, uh, I can't remember the dude's name now. It's like uh, Antimides. So the authors themselves change what canon is. So we can't pretend that there's like a canon for authors and a canon for game products or between authors or anything. It's really just, they do whatever the hell they want. There's so much inconsistency. And this book, I say all of that in the long little diatribe there just to clarify that this novel is filled with inconsistencies from the top to bottom. I was taking notes every time something clicked in my head. And what's so frustrating when you read this, and any Dragonlance novel arguably, but specifically this, is that they supposedly have like a lore guy that they reach out to. And that lore guy is supposed to be like this great Dragonlance canon genius that remembers everything. But if that's true, then even he doesn't research 
the products that Margaret Weiss Productions released herself. Because those products that say, this is how this happened and this is where this originated, I'm being vague because I don't want to be specific, those are different than what's presented in this book. And it's so aggravating as a fan that you can't just give us a consistency. And here's the worst part of it. If you just stuck with the canon that you've already established, nothing would have changed in this novel. There would be no difference. You could come to the exact same place that you end up, except fans would feel like there is some care of canon and consistency. And instead, you just frustrate us to all hell. I just don't understand it. There's wikis out there. There's Dragonlance Nexus with tons of, of rabid Dragonlance fans. There's my channel with tons of distilled content that you could look at to find the truth and answers of your own making. Why do you change it now? After all this many years, it's, it's just, there's no reason for it. All right. Hey, Michael, how you doing, man? Thanks for tuning in. So Dragonlance continuity is the worst thing about it. You believe that's ultimately hurts it overall. I agree with you, John, 100%. Uh, the cover of the book looks awesome. Yeah, it's not too shabby. Let's see. Uh, so it wasn't a flashback. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I'm not confirming or denying anything. Uh, Chris, how you doing, man? You think that they don't like a lot of the stuff from the original novels after they got more experience and wanted to change it, kind of like Lucas and Star Wars. The difference with Lucas and Star Wars is that they had nearly 40 years of an almost completely consistent canon. Dragonlance can't have five years of consistency. It's constantly messing with its own stuff. And I definitely understand what you're saying, Chris, because they do admit to saying, well, we didn't really like it, and so I changed it. And what are you going to do? It's, the, they're, it's their baby. It's, they're the authors. So no one else gets to say anything. It's just frustrating for some of us fans who, you know, just anticipate consistency. And it, it shouldn't be a bad thing to expect consistency. That should be the default. And when you differ from that, you should give us a good reason. Not just, eh, I didn't really like it. No, like we have spent so much of our money and our valuable time invested in something that you've created. Give us a reason to keep doing it. And that's all. I mean, once Disney bought Star Wars and changed all of the EU, it fractured the fan base with the way they approached the IP. I don't ever want to see that happen again because it's happened multiple times with Dragonlance already. With Dragonlance. Like, let's just try to have some consistency with it. That's all. Just try. Not flippantly forget it. Okay, so all that being said, this has a lot of inconsistencies in it. I mean a lot. From basic plot lines to events to objects to everything. Um, it references some um, concepts like the River of Time and Time Travel obviously. And that's where I think the strength of this book comes into play. Because I, I actually believe it handles time travel really, really well. And I think Dragonlance overall has, you know, with all of its time travel focus, and it has in a lot of modules and a lot of novels, I think it's handled it really well. 
when you think about divergent timelines and effects that characters may have going into the past, changing potential futures, or people trying to go to the future and then bouncing around, I mean, I think overall they've done a pretty good job. I think this novel is not what some people have been saying, this trilogy, where you know some people are saying, well, this is going to wipe out all of Fifth Age. They're just going to reset their version, which is the classics nomenclature there of Dragonlance, to be what they wanted the canon to be. That's really not what I got from this novel, and that's not definitely not what I got from the first novel. What I got is that they wanted to tell a story, they wanted to create dramatic flair, and then they wanted to resolve the story. So they created the story with the first novel, they created the dramatic flair with the second novel, and the third story is going to resolve everything and put it all back in place. That's my hypothesis based on how they presented this story. Okay, so um, overall thoughts is I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. It left my jaw on the floor at the very end, and I'm excited. I can't wait to read the next one. Overall thoughts. The themes that it deals with, with the time travel tropes, I thought it brought about some interesting ideas that while seem obvious now that they've been brought up, it hasn't really been dealt with as far as Dragonlance is concerned as of yet. And they're not like broad reaching ideas because I think their concept of time travel has been pretty nailed down for quite a long time. But there's just a little peppering of an idea in this that I really enjoyed that they threw in as almost like an afterthought concerning time travel. And I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk about it more. Um, another theme of this was, and they sort of dropped it on the last, uh, uh, the last novel, and then of course with the previews in this novel that were released, it's meeting your heroes and whether or not they live up to expectations. And you hear this as a sort of a, a, just a trope all the time. Once you meet your heroes, they never can live up to any expectations that you put on their shoulders. But whenever it comes to like a real world event of meeting people that you've put on a pedestal, it's usually not that bad. I mean, it's got to be a really terrible experience for you to walk away and be like, they are horrible. How could I have ever star worshiped them? You know, like I, I'm not one of those star effers. <laughs> I don't go collecting uh, signatures. I don't go try touching people because I think they're special because they're famous. The truth is, is we're all the same. Every human. We put on our pants and we poop all the same. <laughs> we may wipe differently. <laughs> There's nothing special about someone who has been elevated in something because of their mastery in that or because they just happen to be, you know, in the right moment at the right time in the right sort of cultural shift. I, I don't see Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman as like heroes of authors. You know, they're, they're just people. And so I've never really understood that trope of, heroes not living up to your expectations because I never really put heroes, anyone I would consider a hero, on this sort of pedestal. They're all just people. Real heroes are military heroes and they are just people too. So the whole trope of heroes not living up to expectations I think falls flat for me no matter what. But in this novel, it's it's it was presented as this sort of key concept that didn't work at all because it it just didn't pan out that way of heroes not living up to your expectation. 
And I thought it was weird that they would frame it that way and then not deliver it. At least that's my interpretation of it. And again, I'm being really vague, so, you know, I know it's difficult to understand exactly what I'm talking about, but um, you, you'll understand it once you've read it. So let's see. Uh, the Forgotten Realms always smash DL in sales over the years. R.A. Salvatore keeps Drizzt con continuity tight. That's why it's better. Fans need to feel consistency because they can relate to it. I, I don't know about the Forgotten Realms or Drizzt stuff, but I definitely, that last sentence of consistency is important. Uh, can we get a blonde Tika clone that has to think a thing for black robes and gold skin? <laughs> what? I mean, why not? So will Tracy and Margaret keep writing books, adding to the story we know, or go off in a completely new direction? Michael, my interpretation is that if they write novels after the Destiny's trilogy, it'll just be revisiting different periods in Dragonlance history that they enjoy. It's not going to change the trajectory of fourth to fifth age. It's not going to, you know, reset Dragonlance canon or anything like that to like their version of canon. It's just, they're just going to write novels in periods of time that they enjoy. And, and that's kind of it. Assuming they write any others. I know that Margaret said she would like to, but ultimately it's up to Wizards of the Coast as the IP holders. They may license out Dragonlance Classics to Margaret Weiss and Trace Hickman, or they might have already, in which case they can do whatever they want. But I don't know the state of that, so I can't really speak to it. Just based on having read this novel, I don't think they're going to be resetting anything at all. Um, okay, so... Uh, I like the concept that they really play off well in this, that your actions, <clears throat> excuse me, affect those around you. Now they play with it primarily in the context of time travel, your actions and time travel reverberate out, right? But even within the time that they're in, I like how their actions affect the other characters. And it's, it's a concept that I really appreciate because I apply it to life in general. I just sort of go by the, the phrase of don't be a dick. I try my best not to be a dick because I know that, one, it doesn't get me anything by being a dick, and two, it just makes other people feel bad. And why? What's the, what's the upside? My actions have to have a personal upside for me to engage in them. I like how they do that with these characters. They're like, look, if you're going to act this way, it's going to affect other people in these other ways. Or if you do this thing, it's going to affect the greater scope of history in these ways. And they really, really hammer it home. They don't hit you over the head with it so much, in my opinion, though it's ever-present. But it's just presented in a way that I really appreciated. And especially when there's, there's certain events that happen that if that concept, if that theme wasn't in place, the characters around them would not react the way that they do, and it wouldn't affect you as a, a reader the way that it does. And so just because they're good authors, because they know how to structure a story, you have that cause and effect in place at all times between all characters, and it really, really works in this novel for me. The second, or the next thing I want to talk about here, um, without spoilers, is... Uh, this is much less Destina in this novel. Much less than I ever expected. I really thought because we were given like two-thirds of the first novel solely to her development and character that she was going to be the focus of this book. 
She's not. She's there because she has an important role, but she is not the focus of this book. And so for, for fans that really did not enjoy her character or didn't enjoy the long buildup of explaining why she is the way she is, that character development in the first two-thirds of that novel, the first book, you're probably going to like this one a lot more because she takes a back seat. Tasselhoff is always Tasselhoff, so... <laughs> but... He, he goes off at one point in this story and just sort of disappears for a really long time, like a really long time. And you're just sort of left wondering, wait a second, where is that going to lead? And it ends up not really leading anywhere. And so it's a little frustrating that they just sort of take the guy that's responsible for them being here, arguably, and just sort of throw him to the wind until like the very beginning, the very end. And you're just like, uh, well, what, what's the point? Why, why did you even bother doing that? But at least he actually feels like Tasselhoff in this novel. He doesn't feel like a completely crazy, like stranger that we don't even know. And I really appreciated that. It was like at the very beginning of this novel, they explained away and like wiped away all of the Tasselhoff complaints of the last novel. And it felt obvious to me but I don't know if they intended it to be that way but that's just the impression I got and I really like that aspect of it um you called her Ray in the first book I didn't think she was that bad but yeah so what dragon is on the cover I can't tell you without spoiling it but it's a big one I'll say that <laughs> it's a really important one but I can't say without spoiling it okay because it, it has bearing is is the thing um, so this is more of a, I can't even say this without spoiling it. This is more of a story about two characters that you would not have anticipated being the focus instead of Destina. I'll just say that. And, and while there were moments that I enjoyed that, I was left frustrated. Like, well, why the hell are we focusing on this? Like, there are other groups that you could be focusing on. And I mean, like, I know why, because of the author's proclivities, but it just, it was, it was frustrating as a reader. I expected the focus to be different. Even though all of the events were happening around this focus, I just didn't feel like that was the right place to be putting the weight. Um, let's see. History has changed to explain why things are... Oh, so... The, you know, we're always presented with time travel that why are things the way they are, right? Why is, I can't be more specific than that or else I'm going to give stuff away. Why are things the way that we know them in canon the way they are? This book actually gives us some of those interesting answers saying, oh, why was that there? Or why is this person there? Or why is that person there? Because this is why. And it makes you start to think, well, wait a second. If, if what we know is, reality is only reality because these characters went back in time then are there other things that we're going to learn about that were influenced and changed by these people who went back in time going to be like the reason why the future is the way that we know the future to be i know that's vague and confusing but i can't be more specific but i i thought that was a very interesting way to approach some of these weird answers that we've always like had questions for. We're like, why the hell was that? Why? Why? They gave us some answers. You may not like the answers, but they gave us some answers. 
Dark Shadows also dealt with that as time. Oh, interesting. You want to say that you're really enjoying the Shadow of the Dragon Queen campaign? Oh, thanks, Michael. Last couple had some tough enemies. Yes, they did. But it was a good time. I really liked it. I liked the role-playing aspect of that, too. Okay, so I like their, their dealing with history and explanations and stuff uh, in this novel a lot. I already mentioned that this is different than The Legend of Huma. Expect that. Because if you were a lover of that novel, and you come into this expecting that, you will be disappointed. So just be prepared. Um, I, I already mentioned that there's a bunch of errors and inconsistencies. I mean, like, big ones. Ones that I can't bring up, but I'm, I'm going to bring up. That though they would have no bearing, meaning they didn't have to be there. They could have just done it the way that they've already said, and it would have not have changed the story at all. But they chose to include an inconsistency, which is really aggravating. Okay, and then um, it, it seems like with every time that Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman come back to Dragonlance after some form of an absence, they introduce some new culture, some new something, right? They've done it in the past, like with the tarmac, um, and, and uh, well, arguably that's the only thing that's popping in my head right now, but um, they just, they introduce a new sort of culture or species in order to open up the Dragonlance world, I, I guess. They do it again in this, but there's no real reason for it. Like, like there's no payoff to it. They just introduce something new, and then there's no reason for it. Like, it, it, it goes literally nowhere. It's the same as Tasselhoff disappearing for so long. Why? Didn't matter. <laughs> there was no change to anything for it. So a lot of the stuff that they do in this novel... If you just stuck to canon and you didn't try to reinvent the wheel in certain situations, you could have told the exact same story with the exact same drama and there wouldn't be problems. But there are problems. And that's a little bit frustrating. There are definitely no Ewoks and no hacker Ewoks, as we saw in the Aftermath novels of Star Wars. That was weird. So th those are really the story beats that I can talk about without spoiling anything. And I will say that overall, I really enjoyed this novel. Even with all my complaints, I really enjoyed where it ended up. I enjoyed the way they took care of the characters in this novel versus how they took care of characters in the first novel. I think this is an infinitely better written novel than the first one was. Even with its inconsistencies, it's more logical than the first novel. And I like that. I, I just I need a reason why A, B, and C happens, and they I feel like they gave that to me in this. And I appreciate that. And I like seeing their version of characters that, you know, of course, other people write. And the best example is Lord Soth, of course, because James Louder wrote Lord Soth different than Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman writes Lord Soth. And I think they're both great but they are different. Richard Knack writes some characters different than Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman write them. And you may like them both. You may prefer one or the other. Neither of them are bad, but they are different. And I think it's interesting the way they approach that. And that's all I can really address. <laughs> so uh, if I had to give this a rating out of like dishes of Odic spiced potatoes, let's say I'm Karen Majir and I can put back five of them, I would give this a solid four and a half plates of Odic spiced potatoes for sure. 
if we're talking about dragon orbs, how many dragon orbs would I smash <laughs> to read this again? I don't know. Like how many whole dragon orbs would I give it? Um, I'd give it, it a solid four out of five dragon orbs. You know, I mean, this is, this is a good novel. It is a good Dragonlance story. It has problems, but not as many as the first novel. And seeing where it's going is really exciting. And there are some really Empire Strike Back moments in this. I mean, it's not until the end, but sweet hell does it hit you. And you're just like, what? No. What? No. No. <laughs> like the whole time. It's really great. Uh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that, man. You can't stay, uh, but you read the book with a clear mind. You want to support the channel. I appreciate that. I really do. All right, so DL goes great with absinthe. <laughs> you still find it odd to have so many authors with DL books, uh, et cetera. Good books, but different in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Are Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's novels still everyone's favorites? That's a great question. Let everyone chime up in chat or in the comments below. Um, for me... Chronicles and Legends are still the best of Mark Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Just the best. Even though their their skill as writers is more raw in those, there's some it could just be nostalgia too. But even in the rereading of them, I enjoy those two trilogies more than any other trilogy they've ever written. And that's including like some of their own created universes uh, that they've put out. So, like, the Deathgate cycle, I love the Deathgate cycle, but I don't think it's as good as Chronicles and Legends. I just don't. And maybe that's just because I'm a fanboy or whatever. Uh, you like Paul Thompson and Tony Carter's books. I gotta, I can't pull one of those out of my head, like, what, which ones those are. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna have to look that up. All right, well, that's gonna do it for my spoiler-free review of Dragons of Fate by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Have you finished reading the novel? And if so, what did you think of it? Non-spoiler replies only, please. Did it live up to your expectations or worry you about what's to come? Let me know in the comments. And finally, what did you think of the climactic ending? You can email me at info at dlsaga.com or leave a comment below. I would like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. All that goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. And this channel is all about celebrating the wonderful world of the Dragonlance Saga, and I thank you for joining me in this celebration. Once again, my name is Adam with Dragonlance Saga, and until next time, Slanjavar.